Welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds, which you can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Luckily for all of you, this podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Listen, we're all big car people. We want to make sure that our car is working to the utmost capacity. We want to make sure that everything on it has the best parts, and that is what rockauto.com is great for. Because if you go to these chain stores to get parts on your vehicle because you want to do it yourself and you want to save some price without having the labor, well, you're still going to get gypped when you go into these chain stores because of the amount of money that it's going to cost you just to get the simple parts. But luckily at rockauto.com, being a family business, they've inserting auto part customers online for 20 years. And if you go to their website, check out all their inventory, and it's perfect. It's got everything you'll need for every make and model, and it's going to be at the lowest price, I guarantee it. But go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck. Be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we're the ones that sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the car parts you will ever need. Head over to rockauto.com. We have Logan Booker, who is a good friend of mine, who is a morning show host in Georgia on 960 The Ref. And he is uh, not only somebody we're going to talk about Georgia football and all that with him, but also talk about Sam Pittman and the impact that he's going to have on the Razorback football program since he was previously at Georgia. So let's go ahead and welcome in. Logan, appreciate you joining us, man. How you doing this afternoon? We're doing just fine. Hopefully everybody in Arkansas is, is doing well as well. And, and I'm just holding out hope that maybe we can get together for SEC Media Days next month. But at this point, I'm 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 trying to hold on to that optimism, but we'll just we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, we were talking about that, and I was like, man, because it was supposed to be in Atlanta this year, so in your mm-hmm. neck of the woods, and it was so much fun a couple of years ago when they had it at the College Football Hall of Fame, and I know that obviously with the the protest and the riots there, uh, that got destroyed. So I'm I'm kind of with you though. I'm still holding out optimism though that maybe we can still have SEC media days because not only is it fun for us in the media, but it's also fun because yeah. it feels like it's like the first official, unofficial kickoff of college football. Oh, no doubt. That is that is the date that we have circled as media fans as well, just to get ready for it. And, and yeah, I like it in Atlanta. I'll be honest, just I'm sort of a purist. I really prefer it to be out there in, in uh, Hoover, Alabama. But the good news about the, the College Hall of Fame, I don't know if you saw this, if, if you can picture it in your head, on the street level is just the gift shop and sort of a meeting area. Thank goodness not a single artifact was affected by those riots and those protests. So so that's one positive to take out of that thing. They'll clean that gift shop up and get it ready to go. But like you said, I'm, I'm hoping we get together there. But with the, uh, the COVID-19 and all this other unrest right now, it's, I'm not going to be surprised if Greg Sankey any day now says we're going to we're going to do a Zoom call next month. And it's going to be sad, but, but we'll, we'll deal with it. We'll, we'll hopefully get something resembling a football season in just a couple of months. So how things been going over there in the state of Georgia? I know you cover the Bulldogs mainly, yep. and there's a lot of connections that we'll get into with Sam Pittman, but I just wanted to ask you, as far as expectations, as far as the field, Georgia's always going to be a good football team, but how good are they going to be in 2020? Yeah, I think expectations are very high right now. I think optimism continues growing under Kirby Smart as we're about to play his, gosh, what is this, the, the, the fifth year coming up, I guess 16, 17, 18, 19, and uh, coming up on year number five already, which which has flown by, but I think optimism continues to grow. I think the defense that he's put together is is returning uh, uh, ten starters off of that defense that was number one in scoring defense and number one in total defense last year in the nation. It's going to be an absolute force to be reckoned with. A lot of 
a lot of positions up for grabs on the offensive side of the ball. Not Nobody really knows much about Jamie Newman other than he looks pretty good over at Wake Forest last year. But uh, it, SEC fans, as you guys know in Little Rock, are, are very quick to point out that, well, he played in the ACC last year. How good can he be? So it'll be a question mark with a lot of optimism around him. But I think that the most uh, optimism coming out of the offense is, is Todd Munkin, the new offensive coordinator that, that's joining Georgia this year and I'll just be blunt and kind of frank here. I'm not sure that Georgia fans were very satisfied with the job that uh, that Coley did last year. He's now over at Texas A&M, but it, it really felt like, in a, in a in, to be a little bit harsh, just kind of a wasted year offensively for Georgia last year with with some good talent on that team. But it seems a lot of philosophy is going to change. And and one thing that we talk about in our radio show a lot is that you know to beat Georgia, you're going to have to outscore Georgia, and that that's stating the obvious, but with the defense that Georgia's going to put on the field, I don't see many teams scoring more than 17 or even 20 points on these guys. So if Georgia can put something resembling an effective offense on the field, I think they'll find themselves back in Atlanta this year representing the East and then just see what happens with, with whoever represents the West. Logan, what about that offensive line? We know you guys lost some great offensive linemen, and Sam Pittman had a lot to do with the recruiting of the oh, yeah. offensive line. Yeah, he, he did a fantastic job. In fact, we'll, as you said, we'll get to Sam as much as you guys want to. I need you guys to, next time you see him, give him a big hug from everybody at Dog Nation. <laughs> there is nobody here in Athens that doesn't just absolutely love Sam Pittman and what he did uh, with his time in Athens. When you get those yes, sir uh, tweets and all those clips, it just, it, it's been a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling through everybody out here in Athens in the state of Georgia. We certainly miss him a lot, but uh, the good thing about what Sam Pittman did is not only did he recruit well while he was here, but he did not under any circumstance uh, leave the cupboard bare at all uh, for Matt Luke, the former Ole Miss head coach, who's now Georgia's offensive line coach. And that all happened rather quickly. But, but Sam, I mean, Matt Luke did a very, very good job in his short time for the last recruiting cycle, keeping uh, numerous five-star offensive linemen in the fold, as well as some, some starters, uh, some guys returning. Uh, ben Cleveland looks fantastic coming back. Jamari Sawyer, another kid that was recruited by Pittman, uh, looks like he's having one heck of an offseason following his uh, social media. He's ready to step up uh, in a very big way. Uh, Clay Webb, another kid from the state of Alabama, the number one player who might be ready to make an impact as well. Then some of these freshmen, you know, you never want to put your eggs in a, in a freshman basket, but there are certainly some guys like a Broderick Jones stepping in, another five-star kid, and Tate Ratledge that, that really look like they, they could play the part next year. And, yeah, there's some there's some positions to replace. You don't just lose a couple of bookend tackles uh, to the first round of the NFL draft and, and and expect everything to just, you know, go smoothly over. But I, I don't think the cupboard is bare by any stretch, and, and Georgia's got a pretty good offensive line coming back. And Matt Luke, like I said, he's done a great job recruiting, but but certainly, like I said, everybody out here, they love Sam Pittman. They, they would have loved to have seen him stay, but – but he did some great things while he was here, and I know you guys are glad to have him back in Arkansas. We'll continue our discussion with Logan Booker here in just a second, but first this. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Well, that's what I wanted to ask you about is dealing with Sam Pittman mm-hmm. because obviously Arkansas has had the worst three-year stretch in their Razorback football history. Chad Morris was mm-hmm. a disaster beyond belief. So it's going to be a tough job no matter who took it. 
But Sam Pittman got the job. I know last time me and you talked was about Sam Pittman when he was first hired. But I think that there is some optimism among Razorback fans, not only because of what he has said, but they did a good job, all things considered, in the recruiting class with the short period of time he had. The staff he's put together looks as strong as what people expected. So knowing what you know now about Sam Pittman and what he's been able to assemble so far at Arkansas, what do you think his limitations are or his ceiling is at Arkansas as head coach? Yeah, it's, and I'm I'm so curious, just like everybody, to see how he can lead a program. It, it's certainly an experimental hire, uh, but I know he has a history there in Arkansas. He and his wife absolutely love being in that state. Now, I'm happy for them that they got the chance to go back under this circumstance. Uh, what, what I think Arkansas fans can expect is just how quickly that I think he's going to change the image of the Arkansas program. I'm talking not just not just the, of reputation, but of just players that are going to take the field in, in, in an Arkansas jersey. Back in 2015, this was the last year at Georgia before Sam Pittman came. Alabama was rolling into town. They were going to play between the hedges in Athens. I was part of the media on field prior to that game, and I remember optimism was real, real high. Alabama had already lost to Ole Miss. Georgia was ranked like number four or number five. They were actually favored over Alabama. But what happened about an hour before kickoff as I was standing down there, Alabama trotted out of their locker room in full dress to come out and do some warm-ups. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, like these guys are massive individuals, and, and they just look like an NFL team. And then the Georgia players sort of had some chippy words as well on the field. And as I walked back up to the press box, I remember thinking, like, the whole week I spent thinking Georgia was going to win this game they're about to get blown out, and that's what happened that day. And, and what I say that to say this is that in a year or two span after Sam Pittman joined that staff and started recruiting players to play on his, his offensive line, it was a very quick turnaround before I started looking at the offensive lines at Georgia and some other players that he had a hand in coaching as well to realize that now, now Georgia is starting to resemble what that Alabama team looked like when it took the field that day. And I think as his time goes in Arkansas and he starts getting some recruits out there with, with you guys and, and building a program the way that he sees his philosophy doing and that, you know, pound and ground and put some road graders on that offensive line, I think it's going to be a very quick uh, time frame before Arkansas looks the part of an SEC team again. I know it's been frustrating for a few years, like you said, uh, but I'm excited to watch Arkansas build. I think what you mentioned already, his offseason, the staff he put together, I think Felipe Franks was a really good get for, for Arkansas just for a bridge to the next quarterback. Um, I, I think it's going to be a quick turnaround. I think in a couple of years, Arkansas will find itself competing at, in the SEC West, which, as you guys know as much as anybody, is not a fun, not, a, not an easy place to be. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's going to be quick. I have, I have high hopes that, that very soon here Arkansas will be uh, a name that resembles a lot more than what, what it has the last few years. I think you guys will be very happy about it. And, Logan, you mentioned it being an experimental hire and being around mm-hmm. Sam Pittman. Did you have a sense that he'd become a head coach someday? I, so here's the thing about Kirby Smart's philosophy is he does not allow his assistant coaches to meet the media. He, he took that directly from Nick Saban when he left Alabama. So, unfortunately, I hate that we never really got a chance uh, to sit down and talk with Sam Pittman. We had to kind of decipher through his social media posts, uh, talk to players about Sam Pittman, but – it is a very, very general consensus, whether you were a, uh, a booster, whether you were a player, whether you were another coach on the staff, everybody seems to have a very high level of respect 
uh, very, very high regard for Sam Pittman. So I, I did get the feeling over the last couple of years that, yeah, I think this guy did have what it took to be uh, a head coach one day. Now, I, I'll be honest, I did not expect for Arkansas to hire him straight out of Georgia. I thought maybe he would maybe take a stepping stone somewhere else first, but to land an SEC coaching job, that, that's what I mean by experimental, is that it, it does seem a little bit, uh, and, and again, I'm not sure what Arkansas you know, you know expected to get, but but uh, it, it does seem a little bit fast, a, a quick move for him to go from an offensive line coach to another SEC coach, but the fact that he has the history there at Arkansas. He already knows that program very, very well. He's not walking into a blind situation. I think if he can take advantage of those leadership skills that he showed while at Georgia and elsewhere, uh, yeah, it, it'll take short time once again, but I do think he is cut out to be a head coach, and I'm not sure there was any other program outside of Arkansas that he would have left Georgia. He seemed very, very content and happy there. Uh, but I think he found a very good spot. Uh, I think it'll. I think it's a good fit for him, and and in time, I think it's going to pay off for Arkansas. We'll finish up our discussion with Logan Booker here in just a second. But first, I got to tell you about the Built Bar. You've heard me talk about it. It's fantastic, folks. I'm getting in great shape. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling energized, and I feel like the protein is really kicking in. And the main reason is because of Built Bar. It's so easy. That's the thing. We don't have much time. The gym is already going to take up a lot of our time, but we need something to keep us going to get us the high protein that we need with the low amount of calories and the low amount of sugars. That's what Built Bar is all about. They have great flavors, different flavors that are chocolate nut flavors and also chocolate and nut-free flavors. They're 100% covered in chocolate, and they're soft and very easy to chew. And that makes it so good to lose or maintain weight while indulging in it. So it's just the perfect storm. It's exactly what you need. And here's the great deal about it. If you go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off your first order. That's right. Use promo code locked on by going to builtbar.com and you'll get $10 off your first order. It's a great deal. You do not want to miss out on it. We're trying to get in shape, folks, and get in shape. You got to be able to eat right, and there's no better snack to have and no better thing to make it easy on the go than Built Bar. Again, builtbar.com. Go enter in promo code locked on for $10 off your first order. Yeah, I think that most Razorback fans and maybe even uh, some of the administrators and the ones that made the hire of Sam Pittman, they're really hoping Mm -hmm. that it can be a similar situation to what Ed Orgeron was at LSU, where, you know, he didn't really. Now, granted, uh, Ed Orgeron had actually been a head coach before at Ole Miss. We know that that didn't work well, and he's had some different experiences. We know that. But they see what Ed Orgeron did at LSU, not really being that coordinator type, uh, being a, a line coach, which you don't see a lot of those guys get a head coaching position. He goes out and is able to manage and put together not only great players but a great staff, and it works. And I think that that's what Arkansas is hoping to, that Sam Pittman can do. And it may honestly, for what Arkansas needed at the time, might be their best mm-hmm. move because – you know, you know, Chad Morris was supposed to be the next up-and-coming big offensive-minded guru, and we all saw that worked out. Now Arkansas just needs somebody who's able to manage and have some stability and put together a, a team that's not only going to play hard, but play hard for him and coaches that want to coach with him. I think that's what they need now more than ever. Yeah, I, I think Sam Pittman just screams Arkansas, and not just the Arkansas Razorbacks, but he screams state of Arkansas. I think when he goes into recruits' uh, living rooms, and, and not, just, not just Arkansas, but they're in East Texas and everywhere else, it's very important uh, for Arkansas to be recruiting. I, I do think he can relate to that, that 
that certain recruit that he's going after, uh, much like you said, Ed Orgeron, he's as Cajun as Cajun gets. <laughs> and, I, and I had a hot take when he first took over the job at LSU. I, I said on our radio show, I said, I'm not sure how long he's going to last there. And I thought that time was going to be very short. And lo and behold, he's winning national championships and, and uh, getting that thing rolling over there in Baton Rouge. But, yeah, I think, I think you're absolutely right that Arkansas needed somebody that basically just, just encompasses what the state of Arkansas is about. And that will translate into getting kids in that area and uh, that just that region to say, hey, I recognize what's happening in Arkansas. This is a head coach I can, I can you know, feel good about playing for, and, and mom will feel great about their young man. Uh, going to be part of that program so yeah I think I think it was a very good fit for what Arkansas needed at the time and uh, once again I'll say it I've said it a couple times it's going to pay off here uh, sooner rather than later and Logan we also talked about the staff that coach Pittman was able to put together the defensive coordinator Barry Odom I wanted to ask you about Mm -hmm. him and your thoughts because at Georgia you guys see Missouri quite a bit they're a division rival so what do you think about Barry Odom as well being a part of that staff yeah he he, Missouri, if you go back and look at the final scores of Missouri and Georgia the last several years, it does look a little bit lopsided in Georgia's favor, but I'm not sure there's a single game uh, that Georgia just walked in, had its way, and then walked out of there. Missouri seems to be one uh, that just gave a lot of fits. I know last year that the score was actually a shutout. Georgia had a very solid game, but it was bad weather. It was just a, a nasty situation, but... Yeah, I think Barry Odom, this, this, is, this goes along with what Georgia did in hiring Matt Luke, another uh, former head coach in the SEC. And when you're building a staff, I think that's one thing that uh, Sam Pittman did a very good job of is getting people that have a lot of experience as a coach. And as a head coach in the SEC, even if it was at Missouri with not a whole lot of, of success attached to it, uh, just that leadership, that knowing of how a program runs as, as Sam Pittman gets his feet wet as a head coach for the first time, I think that's an extremely valuable hire and having someone like Odom around him. So, again, I think kudos. It was one of the better gifts of the offseason for, for Pittman. All right. We all know that this we're going to have college football at least in some capacity. Yeah. Not totally sure what it's going to look like. But just looking at the general SEC right now, I know that you're still going to have Bama be Bama and Georgia be Georgia. You're still going to have Florida that's trying to uh, take that next step. LSU, they'll still be a good team. Like There's a lot of unknowns, though, as far as who's going to be that one team that takes that next step and becomes the champion this year. What do you make of the overall feel for the SEC, and who do you think ends up being the representative of both the Western and Eastern Division in Atlanta this year? So this this may be a homer pick. You know, I've talked <laughs> about the dogs. I'm, I'm a graduate of Georgia. We're fans on our radio show, too. It's one of the beauties of being in radio. But I do thoroughly, from watching Georgia stacking its recruiting classes the last several years, I, I will say there are kids that did not get much playing time last year that would have started for a lot of teams in the SEC, especially the SEC East. I know Florida fans are real happy right now. They got their guy, Dan Mullen, there. They had a moral victory down in Jacksonville last year. They only lost to the Dogs by seven. I mean, my goodness, they were right there. Uh, but they're, they're feeling good this offseason. But I don't think they're in the same arena as Georgia yet. And that being said, Georgia has to put something together to resemble a potent, even a high-octane offense to go along with that defense. And I'm gonna, I'll make that Georgia pick until – until I have reason not to right now, because I, I just watching the way that Kirby's built this program, it is a very special machine that's being built. Um, Tennessee's still a couple of years away. Kudos to them for grabbing some good recruits right now, and Jeremy Pruitt uh, has that, that fan base feeling extra confident right now. Trust me, we hear it all the time. 
uh, from those guys on their social media. But until they catch Georgia, which they're not quite there yet, um, I do think Georgia will emerge from the East. Now, the West, LSU lost so much off of that championship team that I've got to throw a scratch through their head. And as painful as it, as it feels, I do think, unfortunately, Alabama's coming back just as fast as they've been in a long, long time. Quarterback is certainly a question. Uh, can they get someone to be even half as efficient as Tua while he was there? But, man, some of those running backs coming back, that that's the middle of that defense with Dylan Moses deciding to have another year go round and, and Najee Harris toting the rock. Unfortunately, I feel like we're gonna that, that Georgia and Alabama will wind up playing twice this year because September 19th, Georgia makes its way over to Tuscaloosa. And I'll just say this, as a, as a Georgia fan, we're starting to get trained where when you see Alabama on the schedule, yeah, go ahead, be optimistic. Think that this might be the year, but it's sort of like, yeah, we've seen this before, and, and it doesn't feel good when you lose to those guys. And I think Georgia-Alabama actually play each other twice this year, and I'll, I'll just say it, until I can see Georgia beat Alabama, um, it, it's not a great feeling going in playing those guys right now. So I, I feel like we might see a broken record once again. I know last year wasn't exactly a down year for Bama. They only lost to Auburn and, and, and LSU, and they couldn't couldn't find their way in the championship game. But I don't like a ticked-off Nick Saban. Nobody out in the West does either right now. And I feel like this is one of those revenge tour years, even though there's not a lot to revenge. But I wouldn't want to be LSU. I wouldn't want to be Auburn when they play Alabama and I think I think they're going to represent the West out there, and then, and then when they when Georgia Alabama get together in Mercedes Benz, uh, throw off the gloves and, and put it on pay per view. I'm not sure what's going to happen when we get there. Now, Logan, before you go, I know that you and John know each other. This was my first time talking mm-hmm. to you, so I was looking to learn a little more about you. I see you have a dog named Chipper, so I assume you're a big yeah. Chipper Jones fan. Absolutely, born and raised here in the uh, Metro Atlanta area. So the Braves are my team, man. I was a, a young man in 1991 when we got the whole streak started, and actually married my wife in Turner Field, by the way. And that was her idea, not mine. That's that's, wow. that's how what kind of relationship we have. And yeah, we got a dog, and when we adopted him, his name was Doodlebug, and that didn't last until we got home. So we decided <laughs> to name him Chipper as well. He's been been a heck of a dog, man. But he's uh, he represents a Braves nation very well. Are you a Braves fan as well? Not a Braves fan, but uh, but did okay. watch a, a lot here in the area. We had the Cubs and Braves, so uh, oh, yeah. we, we always had TBS on and saw the Braves quite a bit. Absolutely. Now, it's, it's a big part of my sports DNA. It got me started in this sports media thing, but uh, I can't get it. I, 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 do, I miss baseball as much as I do every other sport right now. Like John said, I'm pretty optimistic we'll get a college football season, but Every single night right now, going to bed without having a baseball game to watch is starting to wear on me a little bit. Yeah, it's starting to wear on us all, man. Let's hope that it all gets back in uh, pretty quickly because I know they got some negotiation. That is Logan Booker, the host of the morning show on 960, the ref there in Georgia. Logan, my man, always appreciate catching up with you. Hopefully we have SEC media days, but if not, I'm sure we'll be catching up uh, sooner rather than later, my man. Absolutely. Hey, Arkansas coming to Georgia next year, 2021. You got a place to stay if you need it, John. Hey, that's much appreciated, man. I'll see you then. All right. Y'all take it easy. Y'all stay safe. Well, appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. You can also get for me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast.